0: Welcome to the FPL Blues Podcast, another midweek mania episode coming in hot and heavy. Bucks and Brian back on the mic. We are recording this podcast Wednesday, August 31st in the evening time in the States. Uh, So there is still a match before game week five closes out, but we have to get this in. Content waits for no man, waits for no match. And we are here, as always, committed to helping FPL managers around the world maximize their enjoyment of the game, and also their overall point score. Brian, how was your game week five? How has your week been?
1: Got to love the midweek fixtures. It is such a distraction from the rest of life. And today, especially with all the big kind of heavy hitting teams playing from an FPL perspective at the same time, chaos, absolute chaos. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of a lot of points to uh, talk about this game week.
0: It's always nice when the points come in heaps and bunches and truckloads, just depends who you had on your team. You were looking pretty with, uh, I think, comfortable scores into the 80s, if not higher. Uh, I'm sure we have triple digits around the community, uh, even with one match to go.
1: Yeah, it was really interesting because after Tuesday's matches, you know, a few of us had uh, maybe uh, Rodrigo or uh, Sanchez or Dunk, and we're really sitting on only a couple points. So it was pretty, uh, a little depressing going into Wednesday, and then all the points came in Erling Holland with a beautiful performance with another hat trick. But before we get into it, Bucks, let's uh, recap our teams. And I actually will start because I beat you by a single point this game week. I'm on 87 points all out. It's the small Um, victories,
0: Brian. It's the small victories this season.
1: That's right. That's right. I'm doing quite poorly other than this uh, small win, but Onwards we march. I had 87 points off of the back of Holland with 34 as my captain. That was a huge moment to decide to go with him and risk the minutes. And obviously, we've seen what he can do in even 20 minutes. So he's looking just absolutely incredible. We're going to be blessed to watch this man play in the Premier League for the next five years, uh, hopefully all under Pep and at City. I don't know what, how you stop him. He's a game breaker. He, he shuts it down. Yeah, the rest of the team, Foden chipped in with an assist early, but get got subbed, so that was kind of tough. But I think the biggest moment was James also being out. Uh, I held him, and Andreas Pereira comes in with a big six-pointer, so he's going to be nailed in my side the whole season as that 4.5 enabler. We're truly uh, very lucky to have him as well from an FPL perspective. Uh, elsewhere, Martinelli and Salah with 10 apiece. Can't complain about that. And Cancelo gets his first goal with an absolute rocket. So uh, how did you do?
0: Yeah, just one point separates us. I ended up on 86 all out. I also captained Erling Holland, and he came good in a big way, 34 points total. And right now I'm sitting on a pretty healthy green arrow of a couple hundred thousand spots. So love to see that. that. I also had Cancelo, Martinelli, Sala, Andreas, and Jesus all as the kind of top contributors and i have two free transfers so this is going to be a major swing week for me as i look to tackle not just this midweek fixture but also set my team up for the weekend as well as attacking the pile up of fixtures that's to come with champions and europa league and there's going to be rotation so you just need to have a slightly deeper team than you might have before game week five so word to the wise
1: and in the FPL Blues League, we have the manager of the game week with nine matches played is Filippo DeMarzo, a.k.a. Tate's Army. He has a game week rank very high up there, and he ends on 94 points. So well done there. Hopefully, you will keep rising in rank.
0: Bravo to Filippo. Incredible score, um, really on the back of the double up in Man City defense. And he also had Sokka so a couple extra points on the fringes they add up and that leads to an exceptional game score again Filippo 94 points total with one match to play bravo man that is very impressive without further ado let's take our first break when we come back we'll recap the fixtures in game week five.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's recap the week that was the midweek fixtures. We're starting with Crystal Palace 1, Brentford 1. So Zaha overcomes his doubt. Uh, He was banged up. He missed the previous match. And wow, he comes in with another fantastic goal. Uh, He misses a few other chances and ends up on seven points. So he's got four goals through five matches. And at his price at 7.1, he might be a great option to Um, pivot your Rodrigo injury in the midfield to to Zaha. Anything else you saw here, Bucks?
0: Yeah, I have to say Zaha looks spectacular. He's looking like he's going to improve on his best ever season last year, uh, this season. And it's interesting because he's playing as the false nine right now in Vieira's system for most matches. And he's really not dropping a beat. He's really looking strong in that position. On the other side of the pitch, Ivan Tony, real disappointment, I think, in this match. Um, there were big things expected by the FPL community. He was a very popular transfer move in, and he picked up a yellow card and ends up on one point. So not what you want to see from your third striker in this match, but there's reason for optimism. He gets to play against Leeds at home and Southampton away in the next two fixtures. So keep the faith with Tony.
1: Yeah, and this one, we also had Ben Mee hit the post. So uh, Brentford actually doubled Crystal Palace's expected goals in this one. So very fortunate for Crystal Palace to escape with one point.
0: Next up is Fulham two, Brighton one. And this is a tough result for Brighton. And I think, Brian, you are the bogey that uh, brought some bad luck to this. Oh, I'm coast. cursed.
1: <laughs> I'm cursed, Bucks. This is the fifth straight game week where my keeper has had one point the first four weeks i had ward in there from Leicester for one point and then i brought in sanchez bob the monster and he was unfortunately the monster underneath my bed scaring me at nights with one point as the seagulls dropped their first points of the season Well,
0: he really only conceded one goal to the opposition. Uh, Unfortunately for many FPL managers, there was news right up to the deadline that Rhys James was gonna miss out with illness. And so many FPL managers raced to the transfer market to rush in potential swaps. Uh, Estupion was a popular pick as was Lewis Dunk. And Lewis Dunk did not do justice to those new owners because he doinked a ball right into the back of his own net an own goal for minus one point. So you could have done worse if you would have uh, instead transferred a defender to dunk. You would be uh, you would be a point behind me as a instead of a point in the lead, Brian. This game week,
1: yeah, very tough for dunk owners. But uh, yeah, in this one, we also saw Mitro. Wow, he continues his hot streak. He gets his fifth goal of the season. He's off to a blistering pace with a nine pointer and got max bonus in this one. And uh, the stat of the day is. Mitrovic now has 52 goals in his last 58 starts for club and country, and he should definitely be considered in your 3-4-3 or your 4-3-3 formation, considering his hot start, and he's getting goals against teams that are pretty steady in the back. This is a huge change compared to his last two stints in the Premier League, and I think he might be the best option in that third striker position. What are your thoughts on Mitrovic's hot start, Bucks? Is he fixture-proof? That's what people are asking.
0: Yeah, he might be. And similar to Zaha, they are really scintillating form in otherwise very unappealing fixture run. So you would argue that Fulham and Crystal Palace are in one of the most unappealing runs of their season regarding their opponents and who they're playing where. But that is not having any impact on Zaha or Mitrovic because they are scoring at will and they're getting lots of opportunities. So I think both should firmly be on most FPL managers watch list, and to those who had Mitrovic from the start of the season, damn Bravo. you, because you are definitely flying in the ranks. You are you have to be within the top uh, top million at minimum. I mean, just on backing him, like as such a differential.
1: Yeah, I mean, he had seven points versus Arsenal, nine points versus Brighton. He then plays away at Spurs and then home versus Chelsea. So. If you have them, just stick. I think I'll probably be a little bit scared away from bringing him in, given these two kind of tougher fixtures. But you can't you can't uh, you can't hate on what he's doing so far, yeah, he definitely can't knock his
0: hustle. One other foam player we should shout out whose performance was absolutely massive was one Andreas Pereira. He is a budget darling and has already stood up this season off the bench for many FPL managers with a huge return. And he did it once again. This game week, he has an assist, ends up with six points. That's massive for any manager that had Reese James or Zinchenko and held on to them uh, as a starter. So, uh, six points goes a long way towards a game week green arrow and rank rise. Let's keep it moving.
1: Do we have to? Because next up, we have Southampton, two, Chelsea, one. This is a bad, bad wah, L to wah. have, Bucks. What the bleep are they doing?
0: Yeah, this is just a team that is not clinical and does not have the right mentality to start this season out. I said it on a previous podcast that Chelsea have really only put together one impressive half of football. And that's stayed true uh, going through Game Week 5 now. So they're one in the good, kind of excellent column, nine in the woeful, forgettable column. And that's just not good enough for a team that spent over $200 billion it feels like 200 billion, 200 million pounds <laughs> in the transfer market. Todd Bowley is going absolutely cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs with the transfer fees, but they're not getting results on the pitch. And that's really where the brass tax comes down to it. And they're just not good enough. They're not intense enough. And they don't want it enough right now to get results in an otherwise incredibly competitive and hard-charging Premier League they have a long ways to go and they better right the ship quick because they are falling off the pace. They're currently sitting in ninth, uh, but they're not so far off the bottom half of the table right now. Not good.
1: Yeah. The Chelsea blues are in a tough spot without Conte, without Kovacic. Um, the The midfield is very much lacking. We're overplaying Jorginho. Um, really, the only couple of players that look good from the eye test are Raz. I mean, he looks a step quicker and faster than the rest of the front three um he's getting into the right spots he gets another goal in this one and gets a bonus point for eight and i think reese james obviously he misses this with an illness slash knock we're still waiting to hear more if he'll play this upcoming weekend but i think those are the only two bright spots this season so far uh cucarella fell off a little bit in this game which was disappointing to see and then also just the overall lack of production we're getting from kai uh, he's due for a rest, and somebody else is going to step up into that spot. We played a different formation this week uh, with the back four instead of the wingback system, and nothing went right. So, uh, you know, hats off to Hassan Hoodle. Somehow Southampton tends to get these random uh, results. You know, they could win a game 2 1, or they could lose 7 0. But 18 uh, year old kid, Lavia, uh, Manchester City product, he's a 4.5 mid. He gets his first goal, which was uh, very cool to see just from a you know, can't even imagine being that young and getting your first Premier League goal ever. It was a technically sound finish from outside the box. um scrapped ball to him, and he really blasted it in the back of the net. And then Adam Armstrong gets the second goal as the blues break down in the box once again. So oh man, this was tough. the the XG was pretty close. It was basically an even match, but again, Chelsea not technically um gifted around the box to you snap the three points here,
0: yeah. Chelsea basically, had the ball most of the second half but didn't have most of the good chances i actually thought southampton was closer to stretch the lead so that's super frustrating when you're chasing the game to not really be able to make an impact and for southampton this is a transformed team they are very young they're very physical and i think they have something brewing here uh this lavia kid they have uh compass i don't even know his name something uh, double compass boot in, something. they have they have a couple <laughs> of players that are just very interesting uh, assets, not really FPL relevant, but uh, from a pure watch perspective, they're gonna be a fun team, I think, uh, built around Ward prowse And yeah, they just have some players. so uh, definitely not the result you expected when you saw Chelsea going to Southampton. This really should have been a much easier match for the blues than it was. Let's get the soggy yeah. sorrows done. Let's go to the next match. Everton won, Leeds won. And this was a drag out, lay on the floor, hold your leg, hold your arm, hold your head, kind of a shithouse refilled match. And I loved it. And I think the American audience (laughs) got what they paid for uh, because they had this match flexed in to uh, give the American fans more access to major leads united. And yeah, they got WrestleMania. They got what they paid for.
1: Yeah, I feel like any match that we see some good production from the U S men's national team products is a, a positive leading up to the world cup. So Aronson gets an assist to Sinistera in the first or first portion of the second half Sinistera gets another, his first, first, start.
0: another first goal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He gets his first start in the Colombian, you know, was picked up by Leeds to help replace Rafinha's production. He looks like he definitely could be a player and uh, he gets max bonus points for 10 total in this one on the other side, Everton, Uh, two and two for anthony gordon amongst all of the transfer rumors and possibly moving to chelsea he uh for the first time in his young career gets back-to-back goals so well done for him uh both uh i think he's 5.5 and aaronson's 5.5 so a couple of guys getting consistent playing time at those price tags but it's really hard to watch everton play football i will not be going out of my way to ever watch uh those matches like it's just a, a bit shitty so i will be you know hitting the fast forward button and watching the extended highlights on youtube um, many times this season
0: the real takeaway from this match was what happened in the first half and most fpl relevant player was rodrigo he was the most transferred in player in the game going into game five. brutal and in the in the 30th minute he kind of goes up against Pickford, their arm fighting, and all of a sudden Rodrigo's on the ground in a heap of pain, his shoulder clearly dislocated. He needed oxygen actually to be helped off the pitch. So this is really concerning and I think he has to be auto-transferred immediately out of your team. Uh, I've reached out to some experts on Twitter in the FPL community. They expect this is at minimum a four to six week injury. So with the fixture pile up. No, sir, you got to move him on. And if you had him for a while and you took the price rises, take that money and run to another player as soon as possible.
1: It's a bit unfortunate because they have really nice fixtures coming up uh, playing Brentford and NFO right after. So you were really hoping that you were going to get some points from your 6.5 million pound asset. Like you said, if you've built in value because you've gotten him early, you're in a good position. You're going to sell him on and uh, use that team value to build the rest of your squad later on i think that this will be something we'll talk a little bit later bucks because it's one of the key questions that you and i both face um in terms of our transfer moves so we'll cover that a little bit later all right let's keep it moving here to the next game just a quick hitter wolves and bournemouth nil nil bit of a snooze fest sorry fpl black wolf uh you didn't get a w here once again and still you know have a lot of work to do in the premier league table.
0: Yeah, most concerning from this match is that the Cherries fired Scott Parker after their 9-0 defeat at the hands of Liverpool. And yeah, just think that they are clearly the 20th team in the league. So they are a match to target for captaincy. And it's just a shame because Wolves look much more attacking. Their XG was over five times that of Bournemouth, but they could not get even a single goal. So uh, forgettable fixture for both sides, keeping it moving. Arsenal two Aston Villa one they impress again in front of the home crowd and Arsenal are five for five five wins and five to start the season they are flying
1: they're making the most of their opportunities and even in tight games they're finding a way to keep the pressure on keep their heads screwed on and create chances and got to be very impressed with them so far um you know Martinelli comes in huge with the winner in this one gets max bonus for 10 points And Saka is the man who assists him. He's on five points. And then elsewhere, we got a scrappy goal from Jesus, who ends up on six points. So uh, a bit unfortunate for all of the defense owners of Arsenal, whether Ramsdale, Gabriel, um, Zinchenko is obviously not fit. Saliba has been a popular option, who's in my side. And uh, I cannot believe that they didn't go to VAR and chalk this one off because on a corner kick, Douglas Luiz bends it in, and Ollie Watkins is straight up boxing out the goalkeeper so he can't move to block it, and they just let it stand. What was your thoughts uh, there, Bucks, on that controversial call?
0: Yeah, I've never seen something like that actually in real life, but uh, I know that that was kind of my role when I played a central defensive mid to be the big body in the box and to scrap it up. So uh, in my experience, if you even touch or glance the goalkeeper on a 50-50 ball, that is going the other way. So uh, this was shocking. And just the fact that they didn't go to VAR, I mean, what, is the, what are the robots for <laughs> not to help us?
1: Yeah, I couldn't believe that they didn't have another look at that they just like yep keep it moving like all right, I guess that's how we're going to go but uh, three minutes later they create a great chance and um, Martinelli blasted in the back and then off of a volley so. Overall, looking at the kind of assets, I think this is a popular opinion to whether you're going to go with Odegaard maybe or Sokka Um, you know Sokka looked pretty good in this one had three shots one assist, three chances created. And, you know, if you have them, you just got to keep them through this fixture run. Uh, Odegaard, same thing. He had three total shots, three chances created. So the team is flowing. They're going to get lots of opportunities. So if you have, um, you know, your assets all squared away, don't panic, just sit on who you have.
0: I agree, and I think the resilience of this team, and also the favorable FPL price points across the lineup, uh, just make it that Arsenal triple up is essential right now. Uh, I have Ramsdale in goal. I really wish I didn't because the outfield players are delivering game week in, game week out. It's someone else pretty much every game week. But if you have a Arsenal triple up in attack, you are probably flying this season. Um, great value from Odegaard, Martinelli. And Jesus, I think all are exceeding their price point.
1: Yeah. And then on the other side, Villa, they're just a very disappointing team, to be honest. I don't know what Gerard's doing. He's probably going to be the next man fired, potentially, next manager fired. Uh, they had the lowest XG out of any team who's played so far this weekend, even lower than Bournemouth. So that as a team Not is good. pitiful, absolutely pitiful. And I think because he's English and because he's a legend of the Premier League, they're giving him a lot. Of leeway in the press um, which is kind of interesting because i feel like fat frank got destroyed whereas gerard's the golden boy um i don't know what your take is there but i think he's really could be next man out if they continue these l's
0: i don't want to get in trouble i've already said enough on twitter let's go to the next match (laughs) forest go to the etihad and they get cut down in a big way they get turned into toilet paper uh zero to six in favor of the citizens and City are just they're not top of the table, but they sure vibe like they are the clear leaders in the Premier League. They just feel so far and away the best team uh, at this start of the season, which is rare because they normally start slow and they're firing on absolutely all cylinders.
1: I mean, bloody hell. how how do you stop this team, especially with Holland with his strength, with his movements? I don't speed, know what you're...
0: it's unreal. The guy is he's like a five tool player in the premier league and he's 22 years old it's absurd he has 14 hat tricks at 22 years old i mean he's gonna break every goal scoring record if he can stay healthy
1: yeah in 90 minutes he had six goals of uh game time between two matches so pretty insane and i think we again we looked at the fixture you and i decided to stick with the captaincy on him coming off his great form versus Crystal Palace. And in 20 minutes, he can brace no matter what point of the game it's on. Um, I think it's also interesting to think about City, who in this one continued to score goals after um, some of their key players were taken out. So even if he does come in at the 65 minute mark, he can definitely brace. So he's going to be you know, talked a lot about in the upcoming game weeks as a permanent captain option, um, and you're just trying to swerve when he's going to be rested. But wow, we are blessed to to watch this man each game week and not have to watch him toiling away on Dortmund in the uh, Champions League group stages.
0: Yeah, totally agree with that. He had 17 points, a hat trick, and three bonus points. But not to be outdone was Julian Alvarez, who got the full 90 in this one, and he gets a brace and two bonus points for 12 total. So City just have goals in every corner of their team. I mean, even their wingback, Cancelo, came in with a classy finish. He gets that and a clean sheet for 12 total. And whereas Chelsea can barely score a single goal, I feel like City have to fall over themselves to not score three or four goals every time out of the locker room.
1: I mean, the fact that Pep and the rest of the city board just pick up Alvarez as a young, up and coming striker from River Plate. I mean, this is a kind of guy that has the technical ability to finish goals that Chelsea should have been going after. Instead, he's, um, you know, going to grow up in this Pep system and looks like he's going to be quite a player. His first touch on a few of these goals were fantastic. And um, I just like, yeah, I just like his. Uh, his ability to help add more goals to the city side obviously at 6.5 million not a option for fpl until maybe holland gets injured at some point but um definitely just a great squad player for their depth
0: I want to shout out before we go on to the next match uh that kdb was benched for this one and he gets a cameo for one point so if you had him as a differential captain this game week that is the true brutal noodle and gundu another pop Gunduan popular transfer move in this game week. He gets the captain's armband, but he blanks, so he ends up on three points. So, if you picked him instead of Holland, that is a soggy sorrow for sure.
1: Tough call for those who went with KDB over Holland this week. I was even telling a few managers who owned both that the differential is probably to keep up with uh, KDB since Holland was potentially do a rest due to pep's comments but a bit unlucky there Um, as a Foden owner I was a bit peeved to see him come off at about 55 minute mark Uh, he started every match in the last five uh, comes away with only four points so uh, I think there was he was very heavily involved in the second goal that Holland put in as well so just a bit unfortunate not to get more points there but happy to own him moving forward and their attack looks like they could hang five on about 80% 80% of the premier league at this point in time.
0: Agreed. If not all of world football, let's go to the next match spurs, one West Ham one at the London stadium. Kane gets an ugly FPL assist on an own goal for five points and pretty unlucky by young sung to not get his first goal of the season on that mad scramble uh, in front of the net. And it was credited as an own goal. So his poor start just continues. And if you still have Sun in your FPL team, you've probably stopped playing or you need to sell him immediately because uh, that is a sinking ship. There are plenty of players that are producing uh, for that similar price tag of 11 and change million. Uh, So you need to move him on ASAP. Uh, On the other side of the pitch, Suchek gets the equalizer and three bonus points for 10 total, massive score for him. He's not such a popular FPL asset, but he is good in the air and on set pieces. So uh, very quality finish from him. And I think, honestly, West Ham deserved this result. Uh, They were unlucky to not leave and get out of there with all three points.
1: Yeah, they had a couple of big chances that did not go their way. They actually doubled up Tottenham from an XG perspective in this one. And uh, Larisse gets a, a couple of save points and a couple of bonus points due to his heroics there to save a point for Tottenham. And I think for you and I, our big bogey player at the moment is we obviously have no Spurs. And uh, Ivan Perisic is a huge, hugely owned asset throughout the community. He gets a yellow card and only ends up on one total point. Um, so that was definitely good for us. It uh, was interesting to see him play the full 90 minutes as well. And he appears to be very fit. Um, they have some upcoming fixtures. Tottenham have Fulham at home next. Then they play at the Etihad versus City and then Leicester. So you would assume that uh, Perisic, if he's fully fit, is going to get a lot of playing time uh, versus these teams coming up. So definitely could be somebody to possibly bring in if we see that Reese James is also going to miss this weekend as well
0: yeah good shout let's keep it moving i really rate the parasage call i was telling you on side chat that he's the one player that i don't know how i'm going to get to that i really i'm fearful of um but it's not meant to be at least until wild card for me uh last match of the match the last match we're going to cover is newcastle one liverpool two at the death liverpool get some anfield magic and Ooh. they punish They punished Newcastle for all the shithousery they were pulling uh, all the way starting in the first half. And karma came calling for Tyneside. And Liverpool get the W, get the three points. You know what? Going into the end of this match, before I checked the FPL game week site, I was certain that Holland outscored Salah by 10 plus points. But in the end, it was only really seven points, not as major of a swing as I expected. And so I think Salah captainers got pretty fortunate that, uh, that the swing was not more severe because Salah did not really do very much. And those two assists were really his only two contributions of the whole match.
1: Yeah, the first one was a nice um, pass to Bobby Chompers, who continues his good form, and he slots home the goal. Uh, the second one was a mad scramble in the 98th minute that uh, Carl Carvino gets his uh, his first yeah, Carvalho, goal. Yeah, Carvalho. Carvalho gets his first goal. So a bit of magic at Anfield. Um, I would say that uh, Newcastle, honestly, very impressive considering this was uh, Isak's first start for the squad, and he looked very classy uh he slots home a really wonderfully taken first goal and then had another one where he was a foot off sides and he he dropped Rabo on the crossover and then put down Gomez in front of him and launched in into the net behind Allison but unfortunately he's a foot off but he's a player that um you know, could really be of FPL interest as he gets embedded into the side. And he is um, kind of underpriced. A lot of people that I've seen that are big Newcastle supporters say that this guy oozes class and he's going to be the next five years, uh, one of their main attackers.
0: Yeah, he ends up with seven points goal and one bonus, and he's 2% owned. So if you were thinking of bringing in Tony or Mitrovic, and you're looking for a differential to climb rank, Isak is your guy and uh, i'm very impressed with him and i expect he's going to be starting for the foreseeable future he's so much better than chris wood and Cal wilson is out with another hamstring injury so it's clear green fields ahead for isak
1: yeah and when you look at the rest of the squad uh tripier who was flagged earlier before the game week started he starts he looks pretty good in defense and then he we played
0: 98 at- minutes so he's, he's not <laughs> gonna be flagged anymore
1: Yeah, exactly. And coming up, uh, looking at Fantasy Football Scouts um, fixture ticker, they have the second best fixture run for the next four matches. They're playing Crystal Palace at home, West Ham away, Bournemouth at home and Fulham away. So some great fixtures coming up for um, for Newcastle. So might be a time to divest from the big six teams and maybe bring in a Newcastle asset.
0: Yeah, I rate that. All right. We're not going to get to tell the future on manchester united at leicester but that match is happening i think 2-1 to man united i think uh rashford gets the opener and ronaldo gets the game winner
1: oh wow so i think um it really just depends if we're gonna see james madison suit up for this one he missed their previous match and without him i don't think they have enough to keep up with united so um we'll see but it'll probably be my luck that uh Ward gets his first clean sheet and six points or something.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know who needs that more than you or Ward is Brendan Rogers, because they currently Amen. sit in 20th place. They have zero wins. And if they lose at home to United, he is getting the axe really quick. He's going to be Oof. following Scott Parker right into the shitter. And uh, yeah, with that, that puts a bow on game week five, the midweek fixtures. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll preview the matches to target for FPL points in game week six and address your community questions.
1: All right, let's take a look at game week six starting on Saturday morning. We have a ton of fixtures on Saturday. it's actually almost too many fixtures, Bucks, when, I, when I'm pulling this up. What do we have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight fixtures all on uh, Saturday. And you
0: know Peacock is going to absolutely screw the pooch in a major way. You're not going to be able to watch half of those matches, even if you have 30 screens in your home. Fuck that Boy, service. Man. I hate
1: them. Oh, wow. Harsh words, harsh words. But yeah their uh, their goal zone is a little bit lacking but overall um the yeah, goal we're, we're zone not- plays the, it plays the
0: same game as on the national it doesn't make any sense someone has to yeah. have a brain in that office that likes football i mean come on it's not so hard
1: yeah and the multi screen experience is lacking you can't even put up like a quad box and have four games at once it's it sucks but anyway um so we're going to start with the Liverpool I said that
0: just for everyone listening that was that was Bucks not Brian Brian is uh he's in media he he behaves when it comes to these conversations
1: trying to be diplomatic here Bucks um all right so (laughs) Liverpool at Everton so this one's opens up the game week a lot of people are going to captain Salah potentially oh but four thirty in the morning, first fixture on the West Coast, I'm a little bit concerned about um, you know, having the early cap and then waking up to either no points or a very stressful rest of my holiday weekend. What are you thinking here between liverton, Liverpool and Everton? Well, I
0: think Liverpool are going to be favored. I just think historically, this is a much tighter match than one would be led to expect based on where these clubs have been and are going uh, currently. So, Everton tend to put up a really good fight and at Goodison Park it's going to be rocking and rolling, so I actually think TAA is probably the better captain in this game than Salah, based on their current form, but I actually think that this is probably 2-1 to Liverpool. Um, I think it's going to be a tight contest and Liverpool can't keep clean sheets on the sisters of the poor right now, so uh, I think even Everton have enough to get a goal by uh, their defense.
1: All right, other matches we have. City playing at Villa. City are in red-hot form, and Villa seem to be giving up at least two goals per match. So I would assume this could be a 4-1, 4-0 type of match. Uh, So definitely FPL points to be had. We just don't know who is going to start between the likes of KDB and Holland and the rest of the attackers. So, um, yeah, it's it's a tough call if we're going to put the captain's armband on the hottest man in the world right now, Erling Holland.
0: Yeah, I think I might captain Holland once again because uh, he's just so clinical when he steps on the pitch. Uh, defenders shit their pants. So, and Villa don't have many quality defenders to speak of. So, I think you were being charitable for one. I think this is five zero without City really even getting into third gear. Um, and we can go to the last match to target, which is Fulham at Spurs. Fulham are not the same team away from Craven Cottage as they are at home. So I think Spurs will be heavy favorites in this match. And I think 3-1 to Spurs is my predicted scoreline.
1: Wow, huge bounce back performance from Spurs then after drawing today with West Ham. We'll see how it all plays out. So now we're going to transition into community questions and thank you for engaging with us and getting in touch via Twitter or um, in our WhatsApp groups. So first of all, Nick Hazi asked, is Isak legit? Bucks, it, it was a very impressive performance and coming in at 7 million with those fixtures available. Would you give him a few more game weeks and think about him on first wildcard or would you just try and jump on him now knowing that Cal Wilson is out?
0: If I had Tony, I would seriously consider jumping on Isak. He's a differential player. And if you don't have fires elsewhere in your team, and you might have the luxury of two free transfers. Isak is gonna get tons of service and he's going to be the locked in starter. So the question is, is he gonna have penalty kicks? But I think that he's only gonna get more service than he did in this match against Liverpool because St. Max was out injured, Bruno Himaris was out injured. So the creativity around this quality player is only going to improve uh, going forward. And worth mentioning many world football pundits think that Isak is gonna end up being the best ever Swedish player uh, to come out of that country, better than Zlatan Ibrahimović. So that's really high praise. Zlatan was one of the best goal scorers in the world for many years. And Isak is young, he has all the talent in his locker, and Newcastle paid a king's ransom for him. So I think he's he's gonna be their true striker for years to come.
1: Yeah, for me, it's a wait and see. I'm gonna definitely think about him actively on first wild card which will probably be between game weeks eight and nine. Just want to see him operate a few more times, but he does uh ooze class. So I'm excited about him as an, another option in that mid price bracket.
0: Yeah, next question is from Harrison Goodman. And it's pretty direct and to the point. And it's bringing up a topic we've addressed on previous podcasts. Is Mo Salah essential? And he's 13 million. So he is the most premium player in the FPL game. And in seasons past, he has been the one to own. He's almost must own. But this season is different. He is playing much farther out wide and is not hauling the way that he has historically. So uh, he's having a bit of wobble and I would be having a bit of wobble as well um, if I didn't have multiple fires to put out elsewhere in my team. I think KDB is probably the midfielder to get for haul potential. However, Salah is continuing He is continuously trickling in quality returns. You cannot sneeze at a 10-point return in FPL, a six-point return in FPL. And Salah is doing it each and every game week. So that's going to add up over the course of the season. Maybe he's not the captaincy option we all hope for, but he is still doing the business each and every game week.
1: Yeah, nothing to panic here. I think if you are going to take him out, um, looking at their fixture run, they have Everton and Wolves in their next two, so I won't be moving him on. But then between game weeks eight and game weeks um, 12, they have a tough run. They're going to play Chelsea, Brighton, Arsenal, City, and West Ham all in a row. So if you were going to downgrade him, I would still want a piece of their attack, and I would probably downgrade him to Diaz just to have some coverage because those two will link up for goals and assist in the attack. But you could definitely spread that money around elsewhere. We're just not seeing a lot of other premiums pop off at the moment. Sun's obviously not doing much. Um, you know, KDB could be an option, but um, you know, I think you should just hold them for the next couple and then reevaluate on wildcard when this tough fixture run comes.
0: All right. Last question comes from Corey Cummings. Congratulations on getting married to the love of your life and getting your perma captain locked and loaded. Hey, suggest- that's right. There you go. Uh, he asks about the wild card. And I know, Brian, you just brought it up that you're thinking about wild carding in around game week eight or nine. Corey's asking when we should be looking to attack that chip and how would you be reshaping your squad? and i can take this uh the first go of this i'm actually thinking right now that i might wait longer than i initially planned to around game week 11 or 12 to use my wild card and then i'll do a real sprint for those last five or six game weeks up until this kind of world cup special wild card uh, when you can do unlimited transfers and the reason i say that is because like you mentioned Liverpool have some difficult fixtures that really pop up around them. And I'm probably going to want to stay on triple Liverpool up until that point. I'm not so concerned with the North London Derby and Arsenal are just such great value that I'm not going to be swapping Arsenal players to Villa players uh, because I have half a brain and I've played FPL before. That being said, I think that there is reason to consider a wild card early, and that is to get into a formation with three strikers, and strikers are really delivering, especially in the mid-price category. So a player like Mitrovic, Tony, and now Isak is great reason to be wildcarding. Maybe you get in Holland, Darwin, and one of those three mid-price players, and you could be flying with some really big point hauls in any game week with those three up top. So I think the only reason to wildcard would be to really get in three forwards.
1: Yeah, you could even go Kane, Jesus, and Holland up top. That's going to be a popular reshuffle for a a heavy up top kind of front line. Um, But yeah, I think, again, we're going to have that World Cup wild card. Yeah, we're going to have that early kind of wild card to reset around World Cup time. So I think one thing to note is try and plan when you're going to use it so that you can base your moves and take advantage of a few different moves because you know a wild card so for instance if you're looking to take a one week punt on perhaps Madison instead of somebody you have in that 8.0 midfielder slot that's a good way of using your transfers pre-wild card knowing that you'll just wild card them out so do try and pick a time frame that you're going to use it so that you can base your transfer strategy leading up to wild card we do have another question here from Eamon who is um, wondering what to do with Walker and Madison So uh, obviously more team specific for him, but Walker picks up six points clean sheet today versus um, forest. And he's going to be a steady Eddie player with that price tag of around 5 million. So if you have him, I would just hold on to him. City are going to be the best team in the league and keep 20 clean sheets. His upside is very low. So if you have no fires, like maybe you move him to somebody like trips, who is going to have that higher uh, assist and goal threat. But from a clean sheet and just a guy that's going to start every match Right now, um, he looks locked to me. So, uh, any thoughts there on the kind of defenders across the board for City? no
0: i would i would keep all of them if they're in your squad that's not worth the transfer the value is to roll transfers whenever possible uh in order to avoid a wild card or do a mini transformation uh with maybe two three or even four transfers um take a minus four or minus eight this early in the season and regarding madison we're going to learn a lot more in tomorrow's match uh when they play united if he's fit or even in the squad i would keep him if not He's got to be a sell-on because that is such a valuable 8 million spot. And you need that person to be starting. You need that player to be in your lineup because that's how you're building your team around that 8 million
1: midfield spot. So uh, that's my take on both players. And then the last question comes from Corey. We'll give him a little bit of a wedding gift. He also asks what to do with Rabo. He's doubled up on Trent and Rabo right now, as I believe you are, Bucks. What are your thoughts on moving him along and maybe reinvesting that money elsewhere?
0: Corey, I'll just tell you in a couple moments in our transfer plan what I'm going to do with him. All right, stay tuned. We're going to take a break (laughs) and come right back.
1: All right, it's transfer talk and captaincy shouts. Bucks, you got two free transfers. I'm very jealous because you have some flags in your side, as do I. What is the plan with, I think you have 0.2 million in the bank?
0: Yeah, so I have 0.2 million in the bank. And I have Reese James, Rodrigo, and right now Ramsdale all flagged in my team. However, I am gonna swerve most of those problem areas and address uh, some team balance issues. So I have two free transfers. I'm gonna swap out Rabo and Rodrigo for Trippier and Luis Diaz. And that's basically a like for like at this point in time. And that leaves me still with 0.2 million in the bank. So I like that that gives me a little more team depth, but also gets me off the defensive double up on Liverpool because I cannot watch them play horrible defense and concede so easily uh, another game it's driving me crazy and so just getting Luis Diaz is a player I'd rather be on
1: I mean Bucks you're giving shade to Liverpool but you're also doubled up on Chelsea defense which has not been any better really so uh, I think ultimately there are so many options and cheap fullback options I would rather have you know four different teams represented in my backline, rather than being doubled up and just being beholden to uh, the roller coaster of giving up these uh, clean sheets. Yeah,
0: and I expect that Cucurella will probably eventually move off my team and be replaced by a player from Arsenal or from Spurs. But the issue is I don't wanna be making too many defensive transfers. So that might just have to wait until my first wild card. whenever that happens.
1: How about you, yeah, Ryan, you- what's your moves? Diaz looks to be the number one 8.0 right now so uh, definitely a fan of of that move for you and they have some good attacking fixtures coming up with Everton and Wolves potentially as well so uh, for me I'm going to be probably maybe taking my first hit of the season oh baby oh baby I mean I have Rodrigo with the separated shoulder because of fuckford, I mean Pickford. And uh, yeah, I got to deal with snap. that. Um, I have 0.2 in the bank, so I can go all the way up to probably like 6.6. But I assume Rodrigo will drop before I make that move, which is fine. Um, it's really, they're not a ton of like-for-like like transfers I'm looking to move. Uh, Gross at Brighton is one of those players that I'm looking at. They have Leicester and Bournemouth and Crystal Palace in the next three. So I could potentially bring him in, but not an exciting move. Um, honestly, I have Pereira versus Tottenham, and I also have uh, Nico Williams versus Bournemouth. I could maybe just start one of those guys instead and roll the transfer, knowing that there's not anybody that I'm really pining to get. Um You know, it really also depends on Reese James news. If he's going to play this weekend, that'd be fantastic. Otherwise, taking a punt on Perisic is also potentially in the cards for me. Uh, There is a world where, again, option C is take a minus four, move James to Trippier, and then move Rodrigo to Zaha. So, you know, pretty fluid right now. Need to hear some more team news, and hopefully we'll get that on Friday before the Saturday fixtures.
0: Love that, Brian. Who's your captain? I really rate all those options, but uh, most important at the end of the day is who gets the armband for your FPL team? Who are you going with for game week six?
1: Got to stay the course and just leave it on the man that got you here, Erling Holland. Even if he plays 30 minutes, I think he could still get easily 10 points. So I'm going to stick with him and you know, he did come off at 65 minutes, so he did get 30 minutes of rest and um, he should be pretty spry. Obviously, Alvarez started and played the majority of this match, so I expect him to get at least 45 minutes in the next match versus Villa. What about you?
0: I'm I'm having the same thought process. I'm going to it's hard not it to. on.
1: It's hard not to. He's
0: so good. He's actually probably the best talent I've ever seen in the Premier League. He's so unstoppable and he must be keeping the other coaches in the league up at night, just panicked about how they're going to stop him when they come and play against City.
1: I mean, think about his hat trick today. All shots were five yards from the box or, you know, five yards from the goal. He, he's shooting so close. He's getting headers, he's using his strength. Um, and obviously, he's capable of the counterattack and sprinting away from the defense, like we saw in his early. First game versus West Ham, but he's just too tall, too powerful. And he just moves so well for his height and frame that I I just like his proximity to goal, even if he comes in and plays a few minutes.
0: Yeah. And if I had KDB, KDB would probably be my captaincy choice in game week six. So that's a a double double for you. Uh, I would definitely be backing City against Villa. With that, we should mention we will both be in New York City. We are going to FanFest NYC Mm. on September 10th. Hit us up on social media. We're at FPL Blues Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We'd love to meet up with you. Me and my three-year-old daughter will absolutely be making a sign for this event. Uh, We are becoming the podcast with a sign. Uh, So if you see us there, it will have some Paw Patrol stickers. We'll probably have some branded uh, swag stickers from our podcast as well. And we look forward to meeting you in person. Also important to note that we will be closing our mini league, FPL Blues Podcast League, which is available until the end of day on Friday. Code is 4MUMS2. We think it's the best code in world FPL. F-4-M-U-M-S-2. Get in now or the gates are going to close forever. Free league with prizes and weekly shout outs. Brian, get us out of here on a high note.
1: Looking forward to joining you in Brooklyn for... Fantasy Football Fest. We're gonna have some of the legends of the game as well from the UK come over. The Always Cheating Gang is gonna be there too. So please hit us up. And I'm looking forward to flying coast to coast, San Francisco to New York to hang out with you, Buxy. And let's let the good times roll. Let's let those green arrows keep flowing.
0: Yeah, and the bagels and pizza and beer too. It's gonna be a great weekend. And before then we have more footy to watch and that is always a good time. Thank you for listening, subscribe, and give us a five-star rating on your preferred podcast platform, and we'll talk to you after game week six. Good luck this game week, everyone.